Hi. Uh, my name is Shivani. I'm Miranda. And we are Far From Normal. Alrighty. Um, today we have a special guest. Miranda, would you like to do a little introduction? Yeah, I invited Randy Brown, who is my career mentor at Butler. So because we are going to talk a little bit more, obviously, about business, because this is what, episode five of our business series, something like that. Um, and I wrote up a little bio for him. So let me give you a quick. So Randy has been a Butler career mentor and leadership coach for MBA students since 2014. And he also has 32 plus years of HR experience and 19 plus years in consumer electronics. He also has like a family and all that stuff. Randy is awesome career mentor. And do you have anything you want to add to that? No, I'm just blushing right now, Miranda. I'm blushing. Thank you. (laughs) Very kind. Good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you for being excited. So we wanted to get into all the stuff that college students worry about after they get out of college. And I know I've struggled with this a lot, just lots of lots of job anxiety, especially with COVID, just not knowing where you're going or anything about that. Um, but I guess like the first thing, um, my first question I would have is like, how has like the, how has finding a job changed during COVID? You know, it's interesting. I think finding a job has changed the way life has changed for all of us. More things virtual. Um, more, uh, more agility is required. Um, but I think the, the good news is the job market for um, recent college grads is very strong right now. The job market for internships is very strong. Last, this summer, we just had uh, as many, if not more internships for our Butler students than we ever have. So there is a, employers are really struggling to find people more than you might think. And so if you're there and if you're ready, um, I'm finding maybe surprisingly for some people that the jobs really are there. I was just going to ask if you have any um, thoughts as to why there is a need that people aren't aware of. Um, I think, I think part of the reason for why fresh grads are still in demand is you're affordable. Right. I mean, you come, I mean, not not that you should work cheap, but the the average salary for someone right out of college is lower than someone with more experience. And so if employers are wanting to build their talent pipeline, they've had some people leave as a result of covid and they want to refresh kind of the energy in the in the organization. A good college grad who's eager and ready to learn and has some basic tools that they can grow into the company and the role employers are more eager to hire them than, than I've seen in the last several years. So it really is, you know, generally speaking, a good time. Surprisingly, it's a little counterintuitive, but it's a really good time to be out there looking for internships and full-time jobs if you're just uh, right out of college or near the end of college. Yeah. How has, like, the interviewing process changed? Like, um, like I know a lot of people have to do interviews through Zoom. Do you think that's changed how, like, the interview process is, is working right now? You know, not much. Um, uh, the, I think, actually, it's made it, it's made it easier for employers to interview. So think about how much time it okay. takes for an employer to um, set up a time for you to visit their facility and make sure you're taken around to different people. Um, it can be time consuming. It can be even expensive. But when you think about how convenient it is to just say, let's zoom, right? You can do it across time zones without ha- with people in different cities. 
it actually has expanded the geographic reach of people who are searching for jobs and employers who are looking for people. You don't have to be in the same city and you can interview for a job. So it's really increased opportunity as long as you're comfortable with the medium. And, you know, after a year of living through COVID, we've probably gotten more comfortable than we thought we ever would be. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I've would you have any so many interviews online, but yeah, Miranda, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Would you have any advice for like students who are going into a Zoom interview? Because I know there's some challenges um, that students sometimes have to face. Yeah, and Miranda, since we work together, you may, maybe maybe you would could help me by what are some of the biggest challenges when you think about a Zoom interview that you face right away? Um, timing. Like you do as a interview, you don't want to show up like ten minutes early. Um. And then it's kind of interesting because on a Zoom interview, like for all you know right now, I'm not wearing pants. I am wearing pants, but <laughs> for all you know, like people don't have to, don't have to dress up as much. Um, and the eye thing is harder. I would yeah, say. It, like it, you can't it, make it. eye yeah. I'd say the, the, the tip I would say for doing a Zoom interview that's maybe a little different than live is, well, there's one that's the same and one that's maybe a little different. For whether Zoom or live, the key is to know yourself well, be prepared with who you are and the stories you tell about yourself, and then just relax and be in the moment. You know, be attentive to what the questioner is asking and try to answer their question directly um, and wrap it up when you're done. You know, a, a challenge with sometimes with Zoom is um, you don't know when to stop talking. So, you know, when you've told your story, learn how to bring it to a close and say, and, and I hope that's answered your question. Or just try everything you can to make it as conversational as possible, um, knowing that technology makes that a little harder. But, but when you can make it a conversation, it generally goes better. Now, um, the other one is remember to smile. Um, it is so hard, you know, when you're so focused on talking to a camera just to not be present with somebody. And, but the, the, it shows you're poised, it shows you're ready, it shows you feel like you belong there. One other good little thing, uh, you know, is, uh, yes, the whole pants thing is kind of cool. You can wear whatever you want. Um, but, but also you can have notes. You know, you can kind of have a set of reminder notes spread out in front of you. And if you occasionally look down at those things, no one will ever know, right? Um, if you read them, they'll know. But it's, it's in a way, it's, you can have some resources uh, handy or posted on the wall, you know, behind your screen. You can just glance at occasionally. You really can't do that when you're live with somebody. So believe it or not, there's some little advantages, right, to take uh, to, to interviewing via Zoom right now. I totally agree. I have definitely used my resources during interviews. <laughs> it's, helped, it's helped. I mean, probably probably won't be helpful when I get back to campus and actually have to do interviews in person, but helped so far. So hey, <laughs> yeah, take advantage for now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of following up on that, are there things that we should avoid doing in or, uh, interviews, maybe online or in person? Would you have any like thoughts on that? Well, kind of the opposite of what I just said. I think the most the most important, you know, the, the thing is with applying for jobs, um, where you win the job is in the interview. You know, it's you, you, a resume will get you the interview. The interview will get you the job. So what realize what employers are looking for, especially in young people. They want to see some basic credentials. 
but they really want to know what your potential is, right? They hire for potential more than credential, right? Is what we like to say. So what they want to do is they want to get you to tell stories about you, tell stories that illustrate what you've accomplished, what those stories say about you. Um, so to the extent that you know the stories that make up your accomplishments and you'll have like stories you could tell that tells something about you, you can prepare by thinking about what am I good at and what's the story I would tell somebody to back that up. That's a good way to prepare for the interview. But then when you get in the interview, don't get over anxious. Don't get like, a, you know, I've got to hit a home run. It's like baseball players who try too hard and strike out. Just you know, take a breath, literally relax, smiling helps and being in the moment and then be ready to address the questions as asked. One final thing, talk at a slow pace. If, if I talk really fast and I'm really nervous and excited, I will just, you know, it sound, it doesn't sound like I'm poised and I wind up getting myself all anxious and the employers kind of take consciously slow down your pace. So it's like you're there and you belong there and you're enjoying the experience. Those are some great tips. Yeah, I know I'm definitely prone to speaking really fast when I'm excited and just not realizing until like someone <laughs> tells me to slow down. Um, definitely something I'm still working on. It's, I don't know, nerves and everything during the moment. Oh, sure. But if, but, if, uh, but Giovanni, if you spoke at this pace during an interview, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the zone, so we good. <laughs> definitely probably helps with that. Because we do interviews and we interview people. And in the, a few episodes ago, I interviewed Giovanni and then she interviewed me in one of them. And it definitely helps us to like figure out how to actually practice it. So yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so I know I've been taught, um, told a lot about like LinkedIn and like its importance. Like, do you have any thoughts on like LinkedIn and like how we should like maybe format or like our like maybe add stuff to LinkedIn to make it look more professional for recruiters? Yeah, uh, uh, that's a great question. LinkedIn is your online resume. And so uh, it, it does, but it does give um, you the opportunity to expand um, information about yourself beyond what a resume does. So a couple of tips when you're on LinkedIn, um, use all the options they give you, right? They, it's kind of like a, there's, there's different boxes and you can fill them in, fill them in robustly put a banner picture behind your photo, have your photo be a good headshot, you know, not like someone else's shoulder in the corner that was clearly cut and pasted from something else. Have mom or dad or friend, just take a nice headshot of you and put it in there, right? Put a nice jacket on or something that looks professional. Um, but, but fill in the about section. There's a whole narrative um, section that allows you to freeform and tell people about you. I know some recruiters, um, when they search LinkedIn, they go right to the about section. They want to say, have you filled it in? And what have you said about you? You get to be playful. You get to be fun in that section as well and show your personality. So take advantage of all the different vehicles. And also one last thing about LinkedIn, you know, when you connect with people on LinkedIn, it's not like you have to know them well. It's not like you have to be their friend or they have to know you even. The whole point of connections on LinkedIn is to connect with people who you might be able to help in their search and who might be able to help you someday. So it's a way of actually getting to broaden your network of people who you might know. So moms and dads, friends. Um, and, and when you start, when you start connecting with people, there's an algorithm that kicks in and says, Oh, if you know this person, you may want to connect with this other person. So once you get going, it kind of rolls on itself. 
And don't be afraid to invite someone to link in with you who you don't know at all, but who has a very interesting background and you'd like to uh, be connected. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned resumes. Shivani, do you mind if I direct the conversation to resumes real fast or did you have? Okay. So there are a lot of people going into college or even going into high school or post-college. There are a lot of different types of ways people do resumes. And I know freshman year of college, we personally worked on their resumes a lot. And I was wanting to get a little bit of information on what you recommend format wise, um, content that you focus on that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the key is to keep it clean, simple, and well-organized with um, a decent amount of white space, right? So that it doesn't look all jammed and cluttered. Uh, use a font that's that's um, easy to look at. Um, I always think that New Times Roman is old feeling. So you're young, you know, pick one that feels young. Um, but but keep it clear, professional, accurate, and clean. Um, avoid the online templates. They're usually more about style than substance. So as a first-year college student, you really want three basic components on your resume in this order. At the top, well, after you put your name and contact info, don't forget that because you do, you do want someone to be able to contact you, right? But after you put that at the header, you want education, the middle should be experience, and the bottom should be something like additional skills and interests, right? So education, it's everything in reverse chronological order, what school you're going to, where it is, what you're majoring in. If you have a GPA, usually above 3.0, plug it in, advertise it relevant coursework, those types of things. If you've gotten any scholarships or recognition, you want to highlight that. Experiences, any jobs you've ever had, don't minimize a job. If you've been a lifeguard, a nanny, it's okay. The world knows that you're not 35. They know that you're 18 and 19, and they expect to see those kind of things. So every all work is good work. Put it in there. But rather than list the tasks associated with a nannying job or a lifeguard job, Put the results, put the accomplishments. Um, for example, if you oversaw the safety and security of a group of 100 people over the course of a summer or over a period of time, indicate that it, rather than, you know, um, clean the pool, you know, got the leaves out, you know, no one wants to hear the tasky stuff. They want to hear what you achieved and what you did. So don't minimize a job and highlight your achievements and your results. And then that last section, that all other catch-all, that's a really interesting section. What things have you done? What clubs, what organizations, what adventures have you had? What recognition have you had over your, your, uh, your young life? Put those things in there because it sort of shows the well-rounded person that you are. So when you're a student, education leads the parade, experiences that tell stories about you, and then other things that kind of round out your skills and interests. By the way, it could be technical skills, it could be just adventures and involvement and charity, anything that kind of shows the whole you. But keep it simple, keep it clean, and one page. When you're a college student, if your resume bleeds beyond one page, you're, um, it's probably too wordy. Yeah. I've actually, um, going off the one page thing, there's, that's something that a lot of people aren't educated on. Is there anything else like, I don't know, that like font wise or size wise that you think most people don't know about or would it just be the one page thing? I think the one page thing is the most important. And you know, there's a reason for that. The reason for that is 
it's twofold. One, think of the recruiter, how many resumes they get. They don't want to go through page after page. And the second is it shows your ability to capture who you are concisely, right? Which is a skill in and of itself. So one page shows your skill to summarize and it helps the recruiters be able to do their job a little more easily. Um, yeah, if you're going to get really technical font size, you know, don't cheat by making it a 0.8 font, right? <laughs> That's cheating. 11 point font is just about right. Feels about right. But, you know, make the headings larger, make the, your name the largest. Um, boldface, underline appropriately just to kind of show the different sections. Put space between the sections. There's, there's kind of like the content part, which matters most. But then there's the artistic layout part. Don't go for fancy, go for clean, but use spacing and bolding and other things to kind of um, uh, make it easy to look at. Dates, dates of when you did things should always be on the right-hand side. And there is no right-hand margin when you're doing a Word document. So you got to kind of just play with it and make them look like there's a margin. Those kind of things, you know, looking at some samples of really good resumes from friends who are your age can be really, really helpful. Do you think yeah. um, the layout or the format of a resume could also change depending on the major? Like um, say a marketing major versus like a finance major, major maybe the marketing major is, has a more artistic and creative resume rather than a finance one. Yes, it's a great question. I would say usually not the basic layout, but um, oftentimes it's good to kind of put a link to a portfolio of your creative work. Mm -hmm. Um, just like you can embed a, a link to your LinkedIn page, because a lot of times you won't be submitting these resumes as a hard copy. You'll be, you know, you'll be submitting it online. And so anytime you can put in a link that shows your creative work, that's usually good for creative type roles. Got it. Sounds good. Certifications, any kind of certifications you might have had that show that you've gone a little deeper than your classwork. That's always a good thing to include as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, do you have any other questions, Miranda, on resumes? Or? Yeah, I do have a, I was, it's kind of like a bridge question, but I, from my experience, I don't have much experience with cover letters and I was hoping you could mm. give me a little bit of like difference between resumes and cover letters. Yeah, it's great. Uh, great question. Um, first of all, the resume is, is kind of the, the story of you that you would send regardless of what job you're interviewing for a cover letter personalizes it to that job. So that's why they go together. Here's my whole story on my resume. But when an employer asks for a cover letter, here's what you should generally do. Again, keep it to one page or less. Um, it should have like three parts. Let them know which job you're applying for. Let them know why you're interested and why you'd be good for that job. And then close by asking for an opportunity to interview. So the main part is that middle part. Why me? Why am I good for you? And why do I, uh, why am I interested in you? So in order to format that part or for, to create that part, look at the job posting, see what skills the employer has asked for, and then connect the dots for them. So if they're looking for someone who's a good problem solver in your cover letter, you know, you can highlight problem solving as a skill you have as a bullet and maybe an example or two of when you've done that. So what you're trying to do with your cover letter is kind of show the employer in a customized way, why I'm good for you and why I'm excited about the opportunity to interview. So a cover, when an employer asks for one, they want you to take the time to think a little bit about, have you read my job posting and do you have what I'm asking for? It's your opportunity to tell them. 
Okay. So, so, so sadly, while resumes can kind of roll and be used over and over again, cover letters, the basic format stays, but the middle part of why I'm good for your job has to be written individually kind of each time. The more you can pay attention to what they ask for, the more they love it. Um, and sometimes you, you get searched by an applicant tracking system and keywords matter. So if you can replicate a word that they've used as an attribute or a skill that they're looking for, you're more likely to be seen as a 80% match, a 60% match. The larger the company you apply for, the more likely your resume and cover letter will go through a system before a human being sees it. So paying attention to those keywords can get you one step closer. I just realized that they um, recently that the keywords in the tracking system was a part of the whole process and didn't realize that was such a big part of the process, but definitely keywords <laughs> finding. I think I used a website called like job scan or something like that. And they had to like put the resume and cover letter through and find the keywords, but definitely makes a difference. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've had people just, uh, just for fun uh, for a job they didn't want, just type in a page of keywords without any content or flow <laughs> just to see what would happen. And, uh, you, you know, it gets through step one, but by step two, somebody with eyeballs looks at it and says, you're out. <laughs> so you, you still have to tell your story well, even if you have the, the right words. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so interviews, we can talk about, oh, we did talk about interviews, but we, did. Have, we can jump back to it. Do you have any recommendations on like how to calm nerves or like be more confident in front of a Zoom screen or talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two things uh, I'll, I'll emphasize briefly that we've already touched on. Prepare by knowing you. So what you're doing when you're interviewing is you're selling yourself. You're the product, right? So if you're in sales and you're selling a product, you need to know the product features. So take the time to say, what are my stories? Who am I? What am I good at? And how would I tell somebody who doesn't know me? Usually with an example. That when you prepare that, literally, I tell students write down five or seven things that you're proud of about yourself that, uh, that you know is a skill you have, and then put a keyword next to it in your note about that triggers a story you tell that person that would back it up. So that's number one. Second, to calm nerves, just realize you know, the employer wants to learn about you and they're going to usually try and make it a friendly conversation. Um, so smile, breathe out let them know, you know, I'm happy to be here. Whenever I used to give presentations, even in my early part of my career, one of the things that helped me was just take a big breath and breathe out and smile, right? And fold my hands and just relax because the more you can do things to just get you in a relaxed mood, the, the, the better you'll be. Um, those are tough. But I think maybe, maybe one other thing I would say, it's a mindset thing. Realize the employer doesn't want you to fail. They want you to do well. They're pulling for you to have a good interview because it makes, it makes their job easy, right? They're looking to find someone who can fill the bill. So it's not like they're trying to drill you to the wall and make you fail and embarrass you. They're there to hopefully make you feel welcome and, and fill their need. Right. Um, how, because we were talking about like stresses, how would you recommend, because we've talked about questions showing up that you don't expect. How would you recommend responding to that? Like keeping calm or like resolving the issue of not expecting a question? Oh, that's a really, that's a good question. So <laughs> I didn't expect it. Um, but here's what you do. Um, when that happens, 
it's okay. This is a big tip. It's oh, silence is okay. It's okay to say, that's a great question. Can I think about that for a second? And then pause and think about it and maybe look away, right? Not, maybe not like you take five, six, seven seconds, right? Kind of gather your thoughts. It's okay to say, great question. I hadn't thought about that. In fact, whenever I do practice interviewing, Miranda knows this with my students, I always throw one question at them that there's probably no way they could have prepped for just so we can work on that thing. And so be comfortable with silence. It's okay to say, wow, that's interesting. Uh, may I think about that for a second? And the employer will say, sure. So uh, don't feel rushed. The worst thing to do is to jump in and just start talking and rambling without any direction, right? Because you'll just, you'll find yourself down some road that you never even dreamed you'd go to. So <laughs> gathering your thoughts is okay. Yeah, kind of a follow-up question to that. I know one question that's always stumped me about how to like answer is like, what's your greatest weakness? I know there's, I feel like there's just no great way to answer that without not giving them an actual answer. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, <laughs> so for fun, avoid moral problems. Like I'm a liar or I, you know, I, I hurt people's feelings a lot. You know, don't go there. It's not, it's not priest time. It's, you're not talking to your priest right? Or, or so, or a, it's not confession time, but definitely things where there, you can still learn and that are legit, right? So for example, one of the things yeah, when people ask you what um, your greatest weakness is or something you're still working on, it's like, you know, one of the things I'm really working on is, I, and I've made a lot of progress, but, you know, putting myself out there, taking risks is something that I'm learning to get better at. I've made progress since I've been in college, but it's something I'm aware of and something I'm constantly pushing myself to. So you can acknowledge that it's something I, I tend to tell people, tell people that, you know, it's something you're still working on, but the very fact that you're aware of it shows self-awareness. If you, you don't try and come up with cute stuff, like, you know, I care too much or I I'm too kind, you know, that's, uh, you know, please, but a, a, legit, a legitimate thing that you're really trying to get better at, Remember, people know you're 18 to 22. If you're in college, they expect you got some things you're working on. So if you're authentic, you tell it and you tell it as though it's a work in process uh, or in progress, you'll be fine. They're really asking about your self-awareness more than anything when they ask you that question. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of mixed answers on that. Just I've got I've talked to one recruiter that just said, don't actually like answer it. Just say, I have no weaknesses that I'm aware of that will impact this job. And I thought that was kind of cool, but like also like self-awareness is important too. <laughs> I think so. I, I mean, it's okay to say, uh, I, I think um, if there's a skill that they really need in this job and I, I don't know that it is smart to go there and spend a lot of time talking about how you don't have it yet. But I would say if there's a general thing you're trying to get better at that, that's, that shows authenticity it shows honesty, it shows self-awareness. I would not avoid the question. Good, good to know, good to know. Um, so I guess we can get into dressing tips. Do you have any um, <laughs> uh, recommendations on dressing tips? <laughs> Wear clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think, you know, in general, there's a, there's a st it, if, first of all, sometimes you know the culture of the place and you know what they expect and what they don't to the extent you know what's normal there, you know, go with it. But when you don't, it's always, it's always a good idea to just show a little um, 
importance to them by taking it up a notch. Mostly something, you know, not generally not a t-shirt, not something really, really casual that you'd wear in, in the dorm, but maybe a, a, a nice shirt. Uh, it, throw on a jacket with the nice shirt if you want. You don't have to really jazz it up. You don't have to go like your best, most formal thing, but something, there's a term called business casual. And when you ever hear business casual, that's usually the safest way to go for the first interview when you're not sure. Business casual usually means something you would wear that is professional, not overly revealing, not overly sexy, not overly whatever, just something you might wear to work um, if it were in an office. And if you go with that, you'll be fine. Yeah. I never thought about like the culture um, tip that you brought up. That's really interesting just to like figure out what everyone else is wearing and then kind of tone it to that. That's, that's a really good tip. I like that. <laughs> but you won't, um, you won't air if you dress a little nicer than their culture requires, right? It, if anything, you've just said to them, you know, I feel like this is an important conversation. I wanted to just pay attention to that by the way I showed up. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Um, Miranda, do you have any other questions? Yeah. Um, I was going to ask like what sort of things appearance wise or question wise, answer wise, etc that you should try to avoid during an interview? Um, I think the biggest, uh, avoid controversial topics, politics, <laughs> you know, who, what can be more uh, controversial than that today? Um, you know, try not to wear kind of a controversial opinion on your sleeve and bring it to the interview. It's not the right time for that. Um, I think, but mostly, I think it's more, it's more the, the whole, it's not so much to avoid things, but to just be present and, and, and also have questions for them. When, when it's your turn to ask questions, if you don't have any, it probably shows them you're not that thoughtful or interested. But at, when you do get to ask questions, take advantage of that and ask them th something you really want to know and that you couldn't have found out just by looking at their website. So, for example, a great question I love is what kind of people do well there, you know. Tell me about the thing that you most look for when you're looking for fresh grads. Um, if I were to be, if I were to join and it was the first 90 days, what tips would you have for me to start successfully there? You know, those are things that you just, they're about the culture. And, and most people really want to know what the culture's like, because you want to see whether it's a good fit. So it's a question you probably really couldn't find on, on by searching online. Take full advantage of that. And it's an insightful question. You get assessed by the quality of your questions. So even when it's your turn to ask questions, you're still kind of being assessed. Mm -hmm. But don't let that intimidate you. Just, I think the biggest thing is know what it's all about. Know that they're trying to find out who you are. And maybe this thing we haven't talked about enough. Um, they want to know you when you hire people, you want them to come in with some basic knowledge and skills to be able to do a job. But what they're also hiring is someone they want to be a teammate with, someone they want to work with, someone they want to enjoy eight hours of their day with, right? So really, you know, that's why it's important to be who you are, because you want to show them who you are and you want to find out who they are so that you know whether this is a place you would enjoy, not just whether it's a skill fit, but it, whether it's a human fit. They're looking for that. You should look for that too. That's some great advice. 
um, we're coming down to our final minutes of the podcast. It went by so quickly, but wow, we got through so much content too. So this is amazing. Um, do you have any final words or advice for anyone listening and wanting to get tips on interviews, resumes, or any of that jazz? <laughs> Maybe two. One is um, cast a wide net. Don't lock and load on one job that you fall in love with. You should, tr- you should explore and apply for a lot of jobs, right? And do that through networking, not just applying online. Ask friends, ask family, ask mom and dad can be a great door opener for you right now. Take full advantage of that. Um, and, but, but go wide and not just too narrow because there may be some, a really great candidate who just beats you out narrowly and then you're at square zero. The more you cast a wide net, the more you learn what's out there and the more you expand your options. And then the last one I'd say is realize that this is an inherently hard process and rejection is part of that, right? Know it. Know it's if you don't win a job, it's not because you're a loser. It's, it's just because you didn't win that job. So get back up, dust yourself off, get in the game, keep going. Th- that right job is out there for you and um, encourage yourself. Don't get, don't get hard on yourself. Just you know, be around friends and people who bolster you through this process because it's, uh, it's inherently a, a tough gig, but well worth it in the end when it pays off. Yeah, that's some great final words. That's amazing. Yeah, totally something I need every time I go to an interview just to calm me down and realize it's all part of the process, but for sure. Um, Miranda, do you have any final words or anything you want to add? You're all, you're all good. You can go on to the – well, I do want to thank Randy, actually. So thank you for coming on to our episode. So this was really helpful. I know I'm going to probably play this back a few times. And I, I mean, I have you to talk to, which is nice, but um, <laughs> very helpful advice. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed being with you both today. And Miranda, I can't wait to see you in about three yeah. short weeks. Soon. <laughs> see ya. So if anyone's listening from Butler, you know where to find Randy. I'm over there. <laughs> be great. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, to all our listeners, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach out to us at farfromnormalpodcast2020 at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at farfromnormalpodcast and a Google survey in the Instagram. You can answer any of your questions through there. Um, And also like and subscribe on YouTube. And we'd be happy to answer any comments and suggestions. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.